What's up guys, it's your boy Paul, aka Mr. Wonderfully, your favourite podcast host and wow, 15 blockbuster episode from Jaden Sancho's agent, Anna Mitchell, Chief Commercial Officer at Portsmouth Football Club, a promised world-class guest and boy did I deliver season 3 back bigger and better on the 16th of November. Today we sign up with a huge episode with Akin Solanke Coker from reality TV to super agent from Made in Chelsea to dominating the agency game worldwide. Guys, for the final time for season two, I hope you love this episode. Not like it, I hope you love it. So download, subscribe, rate and review friend to tell a friend let's go what the footy what the footy what the footy what the footy knew some other guys liked me but i didn't know it was to that extent being a kid in primary school now it's a putting powerful people and i think they need to recognize that but then also they need to be represented the right way sport in general is nothing without fans uh, based on you know one single source of revenue alone that being the tv let's just win this to appease the fan Welcome to the What The Footy podcast, the podcast that takes football fans behind the scenes. Today, I'm joined by a huge guest from reality TV <laughs> to super agent. He's worked with the likes of Adam Peaty and Tyrone Mings. Not only that, he's a supreme deal maker working with globally renowned brands such as Pirelli, Voss and Lamborghini. Mm. Akin Solanke Kolka, welcome to the What The Footy podcast, brother. Big P, what's up, baby? Nah, man, it's good to have you here, man. Just, just quickly, you didn't drop in best dressed agent in, in Europe. Was that coming? Yeah, it was coming. <laughs> it's coming. Best dressed agent you know, in Europe. He calls himself the best dressed no, agent in the, the world hold. now. In the world, yeah. In the world now, but I'm sat with him now and I'm telling you, the drip is confirmed. Different, yeah, different. it's confirmed. The Jordans, all mad. It's confirmed. We're living life, man. But yeah, obviously, we've added a new segment to the podcast. What the foot are you lying for? To take me away with your uh, two truths, one lie. Right, mate. So I did kind of wrap my brain thinking about these and I'm not sure how outlandish they all sound. So maybe it will be easy for you to get them. But anyway, so... No pressure. The three, the three bits I've got. Number one. So Didier Drogba and I did three shots of rum together on a Drake tour in 2017. That's number one. That's mad one number two is during Euro 2016, I signed a deal for an in, injured England rug, uh, in, injured England footballer and the Daily Mail. Mm. And number three is I once tweeted the England rugby coach saying he should pick me for their side. So one of them and there's a lie. Yeah. Two of them are true. Um, the the Drogba one just sounds so crazy that for me it has to be a truth. <laughs> um, you hesitated on the second one. Yeah. So I'm saying that's a lie. And I know you're into your rugby. Yeah. So the last one's the truth, but we'll find that towards the end of the episode. <laughs> All right, mate. We'll find that towards the end of the episode. But yeah, Akin, I thought it'd be great to get you on the podcast because um, having seen your journey, obviously over the last couple of years on TV to now obviously being an agent and the sort of stuff that you're doing, just sort of take everyone back to, to, to your early days, growing up as a kid, wanting to really get into football, man. Listen, football is my first love. Mm. Um, I'm from Stoke Newington, northeast London, so right in the middle of what was Highbury mm. and White Hart Lane. Um, my mum's a writer, so I actually spent 
five and a half, six years growing up in Los Angeles, which not a lot of people know. So when I came back to London in 1998, eight years old, it was a choice between either yeah. Arsenal with your Ian Wrights, uh, Henri's, Ray Parlers, Steve Bold, Nigel Winterburns, or Tottenham. So obviously went to the red side. Um, obviously now, you know, years later, we do business with Tottenham, so there's no... There's no love lost. There's yeah. no love lost. But, yeah, um, yeah. So for me, growing up, mate, sport was a huge part of my life. Mm. You know, academically, yes, that was a focus. And my mum, she lectures at a university now. Sure. So that gives you an idea of she wanted to make sure that I had my grey matter working. But at the same time, f sport was my thing. I loved competing. I loved looking good on the pitch, etc. And it's funny that years later, that's now what I do for a job. I make sure that our players are playing for the best clubs possible and also look good whilst doing it. So building their brand and profile. So yeah, that's, that's me. I'm an I'm a East London boy at heart, but um, I find it important to have friends and a network that is truly global because mm. it helps from a business perspective. And also just as, as me, me as a man, I think it's important to you know, experience things from, from different places. Now, part of me thought that you were going to mention you watched Jerry Maguire and you heard, <laughs> and you, and you heard a few of the one-liners. No, nah, not even. I loved that film yes, growing okay. up. Loved it. But, you know, I never looked at it from a sports agency perspective mm. when I was younger. It was always, I loved the relationship that he had with Cuba. Yeah, yeah. That was what resonated with me. Mm. And actually, now that you say it, when I look back, I, I focus on that now. Yeah. The relationship that I have with my players. You know, he, he starts off with one client, okay, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's, uh, there's an NFL agent, a lady called Nicole Lynn. Okay. And she mentions that all you need in sports agency is your one, your one player to believe in you. And then the floodgates over. The rest of yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the same happens. It was, it was your one player that, that almost took you to... Well, you know, for me, it was very different. Because mm. when I started, my network was, I was very lucky that, you know, you mentioned Mingzi and Petey there, guys that I've known for a while. Yeah. But I grew up in and around football players, rugby players, sprinters, Olympic athletes. So instead of needing a one mm. or someone to, um, you know, help um, open a door for me, those doors were already open just by virtue of my network. Sure. So I kind of came in through the back door. And it's interesting because I say to a lot of kind of young up and coming agents now, it's not the best way to do it because if you skip the steps, you miss the lessons. Mm. And I skipped a lot of the steps because I already knew the guys like, yo, um, let's go here or there or let's do this deal. I didn't have to dig out contacts and try and find players. They were already my boys. Yeah. So looking back on it, I wish I had to grind a bit harder to get my opening and, and my one, so to speak. Yeah. But um. Yeah, man, I'm definitely fortunate to be one. No, definitely. And just sort of talk me through, obviously, the journey of obviously uh, going on Made in Chelsea and, and almost, do you feel like that almost helped you to, to, to build the agency or did it hinder, did it hinder you or? No, no, no. Talk me through well, a bit of both. Yeah. Um, being on TV mm. for me was, was a great learning curve because I have something that not many agents have, which yeah. is an understanding of being on the inside of the fishbowl. Yeah looking out and now being on the outside yeah. looking in right so when we have um a content piece that or let's say we're putting together a deal for one of my players and part of the contract says they need to be available for two or three filming days throughout a year mm. i'm always very specific about okay but let's just make sure that those filming days 
aren't too arduous or they don't start too early in the morning or whatever it might be. Because I remember for me, having been on TV, Experience, what yeah. they were like, like those mm. are long, tedious days and it zaps a lot of energy. So it's great from that perspective, um, having an understanding of, of, like I said, what it's like to be on the inside of the fishbowl. But also for me, it was just great to, one of the big things is, especially with our generation, we, we hunger a lot for profile, so to speak, mm. which is not a bad thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with someone wanting to raise their profile and become, um, you know, a leader in what they do. Yeah. But for me, having already had that, now it's so good because I have no need to be seen or be known, you know? I've yeah. had my time in the, in the sunshine, so my focus is purely on the work. Yeah. It's purely on getting better as an agent. I'm not, it's not a clout thing. Mm-hmm. A player knows if I come to him or her with an opportunity, I'm not doing it to get more followers or yeah, yeah. X or Y. I'm, I'm good off that, it's genuine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, being on TV was a vibe. I enjoyed yeah. it. Shout out Sammy T, JP, all those boys. Yeah. Made me feel at home. And um, yeah, it was a good time for sure. No, and obviously you were the first obviously black cast member to go on there as well. I was yeah. chatting with Eddie Bonsu. He works with the likes of Jaden Sancho and no, Zappa. Eddie, great guy, great guy. Yeah, I was chatting to him a couple of weeks back on the podcast and one of the things that, that you sort of mentioned there was being a black agent within the game as well. Yeah. How does that almost sort of work for you in terms of navigating and going to these meetings and, and being in an area whereby there's not a lot of people like us mm. in the room? No, 100%. I think, you know, for me, it's growing up, mm. my mum used to say to me something that really made my blood boil. Um, and she used to say, you're going to have to work harder mm. than a lot of your friends who aren't black. Yeah. Just by the nature of the world and, and, and stereotypes and, and placism and all of those things. And it used to really make me angry. It still makes me angry now. Mm. I used to say, hold on. So you're telling me that I could be just as talented as X, right? But because my name's different mm. or because I look different or perhaps even sound different, I may not get the same to the same level as him or her, simply because of something that I can't control. Mm. And it still upsets me to this day, but to be honest, it's a, it's a blessing, man, to be a young, black, articulate, well-educated, talented, young agent, like uh, Eddie, Toby Allaby's another guy doing a great job in the football world, mm. did the Tariq Lamptey, um, uh, uh, Chelsea to uh, a Brighton, to Brighton move, move. Yeah, yeah. and Lamptey's going crazy. Mm. For me, it's like, it's not a, a a crazy thing to see these guys handling business and doing well, because I yeah. know how talented mm. they are. They're no less talented than someone who, who isn't black. It's just that you don't see it all the time. Yeah. And so if it's not beamed out into the media, therefore it's not in your consciousness or subconsciousness, I should say. That's why some people look at it and go, wow, that's amazing. Like, you know, you're a, a, a black agent in football. Mm. What's that What's that like? Well, actually there's a lot who could be doing, who are doing well and who will continue to do well and could be doing even better. Yeah. It's just that you don't see them all the time. So that's a big part of why I bring sports agency to life. Because I'm unbelievably proud to be who I am, to look how I look, to be from where I'm from. You know, I've got family half Nigerian, half Sierra Leone. Mm. Um, got the Nigers and the... Got the big up yeah, the Jilof, best Jilof, <laughs> for sure. I'm not even a Jilof guy, but Nigerian Jilof, yeah. I'm not oh. about that. No, I don't really like Spice, to be honest. Oh, seriously. So I'm losing some points there. Yeah. But um, 
No, it's, it's so important. Like I love every bit of who I am. And my mum instilled that for me from mm. a very young age. So yeah, man, I, I love to see other black agents doing well. Mm. And I try to help as much as I can. I try to help anyone, full stop. But especially someone who I know has to fight a little harder to get to the same level as some of their peers. I'm definitely all for, for helping them out. No, definitely. And uh, just sort of talk to me more about the athletic network and what makes your business unique on the podcast so far. You spoke with Rock Nation who are coming into the European market, mm. bringing in that 360 approach that they've, they've used with the likes of Rihanna and Meek Mill. Mm. We obviously spoke to Eddie and the guys at Elite as well, working with younger players, taking them to the next level. What's unique about your business? So listen, for us, the relationship's the most important thing. Mm. Similar to what I said about uh, Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding in uh, Jerry Maguire. We, as an agency, me and my team, we have a team of four, so a small team, but our focus is always on the person. Mm. I don't care if you're good at football, to be brutally honest, mm. because I can go to Hackney Marshes next week and see a baller, you know, twining people, yeah, nutmeg yeah. and geezers to the... Whoops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember Bukaya Saka <laughs> said that on a post-match interview with Aubameyang. He, he makes someone and went, whoopsie, yeah, yeah. That, that killed me. Um, but for me, talent in terms of on the pitch mm. is, unless you're Hazard or Messi or Cristiano, there isn't much that separates, you know, footballers who, who make it to the top level and those who don't. Mm. It's luck, it's a whole load of things. Coaches liking you, fitness, injury. But the intangible, which is how hard you grind. One of the first questions I ask a player if we're potentially going to sign them is, what do you want to do in, in whatever the sport is, football, rugby, track and field, mm. where do you want to get to? Because if your answer isn't, I want to be the best, you're not the player for us. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm not Strongly, trying to represent yeah. Mickey Mouse, mediocre, just, oh, I want to make some money or, you know, I really just want to enjoy what well, enjoying it is important. If your mindset, you know, my mindset every time, every day I wake up, I want to get to a point where I'm the best agent in the world. Mm. Point black period. That's nothing against other agents, right? I'm not really uh, gauging myself against them. But me, in terms of my focus, I want to be the best. Mm. Um, and it's the same with our players. So to answer your question, what makes us different? We spend a lot of focus on the relationship with our clients. Mm. Um, it's almost a family situation, to be honest, where anything from helping on the mental side of things through to doing the boot deals and the playing contracts and all of that, yes, it's important, but I want to know that you trust me and I trust you. When I started in the game, I saw a lot of players bad mouthing their agents. Mm. It was crazy. I'm talking big players Seriously. who play for Premier League sides. We'd be sitting down at dinner, they'd be like, Yeah, my agent's a joker. Not getting me a move. Not getting me a move. Haven't spoken to him in two or three weeks. Bada, bada, bada. He's lied to me about getting me this move or, or speaking to that club, and the club actually hasn't been spoken to. And I was like, Wow, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. Too. I want my players to say, Akin's got my back the whole way from start to finish. Mm. So um, that's what's important to us and that's really what I focus on. And yeah, that's what's important. No, that's good. And I also saw as well that with Laura as well, you took her out to, I think, the States for a bit of uh, baseball there as yeah, well. And yeah, I think yeah. a big part of what you mentioned as well was you like to almost engage their audience and get them to meet new audiences abroad. Yeah. And 
chatting with the Rock Nation guys, they mentioned how when South Africa won the World Cup, they took Khaleesi over at, uh, mm. to the States to watch a popular mm. game as well. How, mm. how big is important is that for you to, to build the brands with the athletes? Man, listen, in today's day and age, mm. if you're an agent or even especially a player mm. and you're not branching out and you're not looking to um, permeate different markets, you're going to be left behind. If mm. your goal is to become one of the leaders in your, your you know, a LeBron or a Serena or a Federer or a Bolt or whatever. Mm. If you're not looking to diversify and, you know, let's say you're a footballer and you only appeal to a football audience, well, you're never going to be in the movies. You know, we look at, look at Space Jam as an example. Yeah, yeah. That Michael Jordan, I'm not sure if you watched the last dance yeah, documentary. Yeah great, yeah, great documentary. Obviously, he was already a phenomenon before Space Jam, Space Jam yeah. but what that did is it elevated him to cult status, right? Mm. Where people who maybe even aren't really big football fans yeah, yeah. watch the films and became a fan and subsequently that turned the Jordan brand into something bigger than just selling shoes. So for us, the emphasis is huge on, you know, Rock Nation doing a really good job of it. Obviously, mm. Jay-Z is, he's been- The goat, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. goat, when it comes to entertainment, yeah. like he's, he's way up. Um, and I definitely follow their, their model. We do it our way. Mm. We have our own DNA. I place a big emphasis on, you know, you spoke about Laura and uh, the Major League Baseball. Yeah. Uh, we, we do a lot of that. We had her at NFL London games, pitch side, which was sick. Um, just meeting different people, Tyson Fury, you know, and all of a sudden, people from Tyson's audience, mm, who are boxing fans, over, yeah. see Laura, for example, and go, oh, wow, that's interesting. Let me click on that profile and see who mm. she is. So, yeah, it's not new. A lot of agents do it, yeah. but only a number of agents execute and really help build their athletes and their, their clients' profiles so that they can be as marketable as possible. Because mm. the wider your audience and the more eclectic it is, the more places you can sell, mm. right? If I start getting my client involved in esports, all of a sudden I can start talking to uh, gaming companies who create, you know, hardware, controllers, headphones or whatever, start doing deals there. Mm. But if that player has just been playing football, training and then going home and not doing anything, how can I sell him or her into a different market? No, definitely. And I think one of the things that's always stood out about what you guys do is the whole link-ups you guys do, whether it's Hublot, Lamborghini, Pirelli, Voss. Just sort of talk me through through that because it's almost like you're not only growing the athletes brand, but you're almost doing activations yeah, yeah, with yeah. the brand to grow the brand. It's just, yeah, it's confusing, but yeah, explain it to me. No, 100%. I mean, listen, in sports agency, mm. really when you strip it down, there are two angles to what we do. Mm. On one side, it's the player contract side. Yeah. So that is negotiating how much a player gets paid by his or her team or club or franchise. Or you have sports like golf where they don't have teams, but they get paid you know, prize money from tournaments. So it's different there. But in, in team sports, that's one side of it, negotiating the playing contracts. And then on the commercial side, which is what you're speaking about, that's doing the boot deals, the skincare deals, someone like Naomi Osaka, for example, the tennis player who just won the US Open again. She made off the, the court, I think it's close to 30 million or something like that from her brand partners. Um, 
And that's through, obviously, she's got a great profile being half black, half Japanese, and so mm. she appeals to different markets. Yeah. But for us, man, that's a, that's a big part of what we do. Um, we talk about Pirelli, for example, who we've been partners with for a while. Every Silverstone Formula One, last year I took down uh, an Arsenal women's footballer and uh, uh, England cricketer, Sam Billings, good friend of mine. And similar to what we just spoke about in terms of diversifying their yeah. audience and bringing new eyes on, that's great. But also it's association, mm-hmm. right? Because let's say I want to get Sam Billings a watch deal with a tag hero. He has an agent, so he's not my client. Yeah. Just saying, let's say I want to get him a watch deal with tag hero. When they're doing their research on who he is, and they see that he's affiliated with a brand like Pirelli, mm. which is so iconic, you know, being partners with Inter Milan for, yeah, yeah, for years, 40, yeah. 50 years, whatever. One of the lead, uh, partners with F1 as well, making the tires for the mm. cars. In their heads, that flips a switch, right? And so that makes my job easier um, in terms of selling him. And then from a uh, activation standpoint, like you mentioned, content is king. Mm. I bring to life what I do as an agent, try to, and when it comes to my players, I always say to them, look, do go above and beyond, right? So if we go to an event, I'll bring down Sion, my photographer who's over there, um, and we'll record what's going on. Mm. And we'll create assets for their social media profiles, or even just images and videos that I send to other brands or, or um, magazines or newspapers. And it's a point of difference, right? Because instead of just saying, hey, this is who my player is, sign him or her. You can see visually and hear what's going on, see how they interact with, um, I remember reading, what book was I reading? I think it might have been a Jordan autobiography. And apparently the way that he mingled with potential sponsors was different. Mm. He could control a room and, you know, really knew who to talk to. So back, back then they didn't have social media. Mm. But now with that, it's so important. Voss is another one. During lockdown, shout out to my man Julian Chan who heads, heads up their, their marketing. Uh, Voss, uh, you know, artesian water brand, uh, which The Rock is an ambassador, a shareholder in. Mm. They said, okay, look, they were actually going to bring out a new brand of uh, their water and you know, Voss Plus, which is like an active version of their water, just before the, um, the pandemic hit. Pandemic hit, and all of a sudden, every brand had to change their strategy, right? Because you don't want to be tone deaf. Who cares about active water when it's global pandemic? Global, global <laughs> pandemic going on. So immediately, what we did is we helped them figure out. Okay, what we'll do is we'll donate bottle cases, thousands of cases. I think almost a million mm. cases were donated to hospitals and to uh, healthcare workers on the front line, mm. mainly in the US, but also in Europe. And so that was huge because, you know, what that means is first of all, we've built a fantastic relationship with Voss outside of just, hey, pay my player X or Y. But also we were telling a really strong story, right? Mm. So we helped get them, um, Kate Beckinsale, who's an underworld, the actress from there, close friend of mine, Erica, who makes um, VIP custom made beds for NBA players. She was part of the Voss campaign. Uh, PT was going to do it, he didn't do it in the end, but he, we were close to getting him over the line. And so that was important. And that's a premium brand. Yeah, like yeah. I say, The Rock, 
as an ambassador for them. Yeah, you're taking it to a different level yeah. because it's not just a case of here's my athlete, let's do an advert or uh, a few social media assets. You're actually working with the brand yeah. and saying, who can I find to help you plug your brand? And I think just sort of on that as well, Talk to me more about athlete storytelling. It's becoming more of a prominent mm, thing now. Mm. LeBron's been doing it for years. We're seeing Rashford and Sterling yeah, get into it yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. How important is it for you, for athletes, to use their platform to influence social change? Man, listen, first of all, it's dependent on the player. Mm. I don't like the fact that... There, there are two things. So number one, I saw Les Ferdinand come out with a really yeah. accurate statement. Mm. Uh, I think it was a few days ago about how kneeling now has just become it's lost its meaning, yeah. And I com completely agree. Mm. Even I remember watching a rugby game a few weeks ago and the players kneeled and the commentator didn't even say, this is why they're kneeling. Mm. Now, I understand that you don't necessarily have to say every time, but just the fact that it was just them kneeling mm. and nothing was said about it was like, it seemed very, it's become formulaic. Oh, now we need to. And the second that that happens, the second you're just saying Black Lives Matter or, or fighting for gender equality or for disability equality, whatever, and you're just saying it and not meaning it, you lose all, touch, all, yeah. all touch. And also I think the big thing is understanding not every single athlete has to be actively shouting from the rooftops. Mm. They could, you know, there are lots of players who do a lot for social change behind the scenes yeah. that we never see. You know, Virgil Abloh is a prime example, not an athlete, obviously, but mm. during lockdown, he was really slammed yeah, donating yeah. $50 to something. Mm. But it actually came out a few days later that he'd done like a couple thousand, I don't know, something like that. But he donated more than mm. he was getting stick for. And we're just in this society now of cancelling people. Yeah. Because yeah. We, we don't take time to understand the full picture. So to answer your question, I think it's really important. Mm. Social, you know, I love Jaden Sancho, for yeah. example, who I know a little bit, know his old man. Obviously with um, Eddie, Eddie yeah, yeah. That, that team, they do a great job for him. But I love Sancho because he's real. Mm. He's a young kid at the start of his career, one of the most talked about young footballers on the planet right now. But when he sees something he doesn't like, uh, obviously, he did the uh, George Floyd on his um, yeah, underneath his shirt during one of the games at the end of the Bundesliga season. And he's not afraid to say, listen, no, this is wrong. Mm. And he's a boy, you know, from inner city London. So he knows the grind. He know, you know, he, yeah, he doesn't come from money. Yeah. He's seen it. Um, and it's specific and natural to him. So that's amazing. Mm. But just seeing players just kneel for the sake of it, I'd rather they... Took time to understand. Took time yeah. to understand and then activate in their own way. If you don't want to kneel, that's cool. You don't need to be vilified, but you should be doing something behind closed doors or in front of the world. It doesn't matter, but you should be doing something. One, one question I asked Eddie when he came on the podcast is, when you look at agents and the stigma behind agents, what's your perspective on super agents and the bad guys out there who don't do a good job? Do you feel as though they give, give, give a bad rep for people like yourselves who are working hard, especially with dealing in the women's game as well, not many high-profile agents like yourself in the women's game as mm. well. Do you feel like those guys almost tarnish the sort of work that you guys do? You know, it's a hard one for me to answer mm. that question because when I started in the game, I, um, you know, I, I, I got a lot of stick, to be brutally honest, when I started in the game, because I knew a lot of players already, yeah. I was immediately a threat to a lot of agents in the game. 
And also, like I mentioned, because I have a profile of my own yeah. that drew players to me, just in a, I could relate to Charismatic them. Charismatic Yeah, yes. personable way. So I made a, actually a few mistakes when I first started. I'll be brutally honest. Um, in, in order to get my foot in the door with certain teams, certain clubs, I'd say, oh, I represent X player when I didn't. Mm. Things of that nature. And you know what's crazy? Years, that well, not years down the line, three or four years down the line, mm. top agents, I'm talking big, big names, yeah, yeah. do that every day. They'll say, oh yeah, we've got a mandate for X player or da, 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 when they don't. Because mm. it's all quite confusing now, because obviously yeah. you have the big boys like CAA, mm -hmm. IMG, but then you have the like smaller people, smaller agencies, and then yeah. they buy up and then you have an agent to an agent. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And I mean, listen, a player now can have um, multiple agents working on the same deal for him. Mm. So, for example, I could sign you, mm. right? You could be Hopefully, my club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fingers there's, crossed. There's still time. We can get it done. Maybe modelling that. <laughs> um, I could sign you. So, Paul's an Athletic Network client represented by Akin, mm. and then I could give another agent who perhaps has a good relationship with teams in Italy mm. a subcontract. So that means that in Italy or whatever region I give him authorization for, he's allowed to talk to teams on our behalf mm. for you. But a team in Italy might not know that he's not the main guy. Mm. So if that team in Italy then has a conversation with whoever, all of a sudden it becomes kind of Too Chinese whispers. Broth, yeah. Oh, I thought so-and-so represented him. Da -da -da -da. Um, so, you know, it's important, I think, when it, when it comes to big agencies, for me, I don't ever want to become a death star, mm. not to, throw shade on any of those companies they do a great job but i'm not trying to have 100 and 200 clients mm. for me it's going to be quality over quantity every single time mm. i'd rather have 10 clients who we have a fantastic relationship with who we make fantastic money for and therefore commission than 100 clients who we do okay for mm. have no relationship with but make a good amount of money so it's really just weighing up what sort of agent you want to be. Mm. But the big agents, um, there's there's not as much, I think, cross-pollination as there should be. Like I was listening to a podcast um, with Bill Duffy, who's mm. a big uh, agent in the NBA, looks after a number of players, one of the biggest females uh, in the women's NBA, uh, Sabrina Ionescu. Anyway, he was talking about how even, he's been in the game 20, 30 years, mm. and there are still agents that, if they're in the same room, they don't even talk to each other. And it's nuts to me because it's like, first of all, for me personally, mm. I don't have competition. And I mean that in the least arrogant, but also most arrogant way. Yeah, yeah, at the same yeah, time yeah. possible, no one's me. Mm. Same with Bonsu. They do a great job. For in their market, in, in, in their space. With, with what they do in their space, with their branding. Mm. The Athletic Network, we have ours, mm. right? So that's why with those guys, and like I said, I've spoken to Eddie, mm. spoken to Emika, all that lot. And um, you get Toby Allaby, um, you know, Basic Sports when Jack Butler was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've had relationships with great agencies because I'm not trying to encroach on what you've got. Mm. Do you, we'll do us, but hopefully we can do some business yeah. together. And so there's not that fear factor for me. Whereas with a lot of um, agencies, they're skeptical about giving any of the secrets away or their contacts away because mm. they feel as though the competition's going to. It's funny how you yeah. mention that because I was chatting to a guy in the US earlier during lockdown and he was saying how he was on a massive Zoom call with agents from across the board and the conversation was, guys, there's a global pandemic going on. Can we please stop trying to steal each other's players? <laughs> yeah. 
It's nuts. It's nuts. And I mean, I've got a, um, a podcast we're going to be bringing out soon, agent on agent, before I have conversations with different agents in different in the UFC and in a uh, yacht brokering, just random um, categories. Mm. And I was speaking to uh, a guy in um, in the UFC, Brian, uh, who's CEO of Sucker Punch Entertainment, I believe the agency's called. I can't remember, but he was saying that in the UFC, the number of clients who other agents try and poach is crazy. And I can hand on heart say, I've never in my life, you know, you know my network's strong in football mm-hmm. and all these different sports. I've never said, hey, hey, come over here. Yeah. It's always, hey, look, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And you can see it. So if you're feeling what we're doing on this side, then let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't need to try and poach you. And the analogy I always use is relationships. If I'm going out of a girl, yeah, yeah. Right, or if there's a girl, let's say, that I'm trying to get on a date with me, I'm not going to be saying, hey, this is why you should go out with me and not those no, guys. No, the other guy, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you see what I'm bringing to the table. Mm. You see the drip, you see the, <laughs> you see the beard glistening. Yeah. So you're either wanting what you see, <laughs> yeah. or no problem, no harm done, go and do your thing elsewhere. Mm. And it's the same in the agency world. That's how it should be anyway. Yeah. But a lot of agents, they do try and... Um, worm their way in and just do things the, the wrong way but it, it is what it is and, and I also just want to say I learned from my mistakes so those initial mistakes of saying I represent X player when I didn't mm. actually when I look back it hindered me more than it, than it even helped because it, let's say I said to Fulham for example oh yeah I represent um, Cesc Fabregas what, just random example and then they find out I don't yeah. Well, they're... It's a black market. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to be doing business with me anymore. Mm. So as I got more advanced in the game, and for me, it was just an eagerness, wanting to be up and running straight away. Yeah. But it's about time, building up your profile, building respect and relationships. And so to any young agent wanting to get into the game, don't make that mistake. Take your time, mm. do things the right way, um, and all the success will come as long as you keep keep around just lastly, before we reveal the answers to what the foot are you lying for, yeah. um, just sort of talk to me more about the women's game. I know obviously you're trying to lead lead the path there, obviously the stuff you're doing with Laura as well. Yeah. What, what more needs to be done to take the game to the next level? It's a really good question. It's actually, I, I wrote some notes about it, but I'll kind of just speak off, off the top of the head. Yeah. Um, for the women's game in particular, the market is still very much in, in its infancy, mm. where it's only recently that Megan Rapinoe, for example, Um, Alex Morgan's had a big profile for a while, but it's only recently that those sort of profiles have started to spread out into popular culture. Like if you look at the 1999 Women's World Cup in America, some of those um, players like Mia Hamm, for example, one of the strikers in that team was an icon, but only in the States. She wasn't a global icon for a number of reasons, really just she wasn't marketed as for whatever reason, globally. But now it's different. When mm. females, especially in sport, are so powerful. Like I said, Naomi Osaka yeah. made more off the pitch than, uh, wasn't more than Cristiano Messi, but anyway, up there for sure. Mm. You know, she's in Conor McGregor territory, yeah. which in years gone by, it hasn't been like that. It's usually been Serena, and then men, 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 mm. and then, you know, someone else dotted around but the women's football game right now the landscape's changing because there's more eyes on it for one yeah 
I think the quality of football does need to improve. Mm. You know, man, if you go on Twitter yeah. and you look at the comments, you always see kind of ignorant men commenting, saying, oh, women's football, blah, 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 it's Mickey Mouse. To a certain degree, if you watch a lot of games, especially with goalkeeping, for example, mm. it's yeah. terrible. Like, yeah. let's just yeah, yeah. be real, it's terrible. It's fake, yeah. But if you look at a player like Lucy Bronze, yeah. Baller. Medima, Arsenal. Medima. Serious strike. Serious. Yeah, Jordan Nobbs yeah, yeah. in midfield for Arsenal. Mm. Nuts. Even Laura Rafty, who's been out for a year. Yeah. Unbelievable defender. And if you, um, you know, took their heads off, mm. right? Or, or sorry, let's say, took, just looked at them from the waist down, you wouldn't know, for example, someone like Lucy Bronze, is mm. a woman, the way that she plays, the power, the speed, the finishing. Mm. And so the women's game needs more of that. Because yeah. you're only going to be able to build a good product if what's on the pitch is good, then you can add advertising and sponsorship and all the rest of it to what is already positive. But, um, so we need more of that. And for me, it's just about storytelling, mm. you know, producing more day in the life, mini documentaries, doing bigger deals. We've got a big deal with Laura. She's just become global ambassador for a sportswear company that will announce soon. Um, she's awesome. So yeah, there's a lot in the women's game to, to do. I'm excited about, and we we're announcing some new signings as well on the, on the women's side and men's side. Mm. We've got a young uh, player in Lebanon. We've just wow. picked up Ali Ahaj, who's a baller. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where the women's game. So hopefully you're the man to, to bring about the change. But it's now time to reveal your answers <laughs> to. Uh, what the foot are you lying for? Uh, do you want the? You don't need the questions again. You're good. No, no, I don't need to get uncomfortable. So hold on, but aren't you guessing, or am I just telling you? No, you're telling me the answers. But I'm already giving the answers. You don't give me the answers. Did it the start? Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. You did. Sorry, my bad. So yeah, right. So Didier Drogba and I did three shots of, t- t- of rum together. I, I, said, great I said true. Yeah. You said true. That's not true. Ah. <laughs> I did meet him though. Yeah. On. The Drake on the Drake tour, okay. yeah, on the Drake tour, really cool guy came and was doing his thing, uh, but no, so didn't do that. But during Euro 2016, Jack Butland fractured his ankle just before the start of the tournament, mm. so we signed a deal. It was one of my first big off-pitch deals actually for him to uh, be a media partner with the Daily Mail. Mm. We flew out there for three or four days, and he was doing um, commentary on the games. And, panel with Piers Morgan, which was awesome. Mm. And then I did once tweet the England rugby coach saying, yeah, put yeah. me in the team. And it's actually a good note to finish on because I got bantered a lot from, from friends. You know, I've got mates now who play for England rugby, you know, in the 15s team and stuff like that. And a lot of them were like, mate, that's so embarrassing. Mm. For me, no, because yeah. I've always gone for what I want, yeah. right? And, and there's something about people not wanting to look stupid yeah. or wanting to look cool yeah. and missing their goals to look cool, mm. that'll never be me. Yeah, yeah. That'll never be me. Yeah. So for any young person, or not even young, young, old, whatever, if you've got a goal <laughs> and you've got a way of getting there, exhaust all the op- options. Mm. Don't, you know, I, I would have hated to have looked back and gone, man, I wish I, I wonder if I had tweeted the coach. I wonder if I could have gotten yeah. this well, I did it, you know, yeah. so, so at least I know, so yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, we always like to end it with a what the footy question, which is what the footy needs to change or happen within your space. Well, listen, I think we need to do a better job, like I said, of connecting with, when it comes to agents, mm. using our networks more, 
I'm doing a deal right now in the ice hockey space. Random, mm. ice hockey. Yeah, yeah. Being from London, that's not something that we, we really know yeah. much of. No ice, yeah. There's no, there's no ice. Fanta with no ice. But we're doing that um, with a partner of mine, Cliff Mando, who's a, a, a NHL agent. And that's just through using my network and understanding that there are people that he knows that I don't know and vice versa and bringing a deal to life, both of us getting paid and, and going from there. And I think the big thing as well is there are young talents. Um, Jaden Braff, who plays for Manchester City, young winger there, um, you know, on the on the football side. Uh, Chloe Kelly, who plays for Manchester City and, and England um, in, in the rugby space. Players like Ollie Lawrence, uh, Regan Grace, Ash Hewitt. There are young players coming up who have the ability to change the landscape of the sports that they're in. And I'm very excited to see how that happens. And what needs to change is the, the, the agents who are representing those players need to make sure that they're putting the structures in place now mm. so that when those players do get to international level consistently, there's a real brand and story behind who they are as individuals, whether that be YouTube channels, uh, a big focus on their content, Instagram, Twitter, um, them activating in different spaces like we've spoken about. Yeah. I think that's a very important for the next wave of athletes coming through. Because once LeBron retires, you know, we've probably got a few more years of LeBron, yeah. Cristiano, Messi, and then it's the, then it's Sancho's and Greenwood's yeah. and, and, and Chloe Kelly's and all these players coming in and they've got to really hit the ground running, mm. you know, because sport, we need those athletes to be beacons. So I think that needs to change. We need to make sure that they're putting their best foot forward. No, definitely not. Ag Akin, Solanke, Polkar, my man. What the Footy Podcast, Supreme Agent, the best, <laughs> the best dressed agent within the game. That's fact. The trip is confirmed. <laughs> Pleasure having you on the podcast, oh, Mr. God. Show Me The Money. He's an ABC to me, baby. <laughs> my God, man. Nah, guys, if you loved today's episode, not liked it, if you loved today's episode, download, subscribe, rate and review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's go. Amen. Wow, wow, wow. What a way to sign up for season two of the What The Footy podcast. Season three, back bigger and better on the 16th of November. So lock it in your diaries. It's a friend to tell a friend. Guys, I'll see you then. Gonna have a bonus episode, international break and chill coming out soon. Yes, you heard me correctly. Not Netflix and chill, international break and chill. Loads of super listeners are going to be getting involved in that and ex guests. So guys, hit me up on the socials at What the Footy. Let's go. What the Footy? What the Footy? What the Footy? What the Footy? Knew some other guys liked me, but I didn't know it was to that extent. Imagine being a kid in primary school. Now it's a putting awesome. Powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that, but then also they need to be represented the right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on you know, one single source of revenue alone, that being the TV. So when in the league, let's just win this to appease the fans. 
Team USA is training hard and ready for the Olympic Games. And so is Jacob. Whoa! I've got my lucky shirt and Xfinity Flex. Oh yeah. Jacob's family got Xfinity Internet with the best Wi-Fi for their home and a Flex 4K streaming box free, plus Peacock Premium included. So Jacob is ready for anything. Go Team USA! With medal ceremonies, highlights, interviews, and more, plus all his favorite streaming apps in one place. Can your internet do that? Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Peacock subscription required. Xfinity, proud partner of Team USA. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.